0: Hawk Talk is brought to you in part by the Mammoth Medical Center and RWJ Barnabas Health Facility and a recognized leader in patient safety and clinical quality. For more information about services close to you, visit rwjbh.org slash mammoth. Let's be healthy together.
1: You're listening to Hawk Talk, the official podcast of Monmouth University Athletics. And here are your hosts, Greg Viscomi and Gary Cowall.
0: Well, Gary, here we are. It's Thursday. We got a game tonight. But I really didn't you know, I knew the fans (laughs) the fans didn't want us to go like two weeks without a podcast. So uh, much to your um, your credit, because you are the one who's running the show at tonight's basketball game, I was like, hey, I want to have a guest on Thursday, so let's shoehorn somebody in here. And I got a great right, idea, somebody.
2: We're all good. We're rolling into the holidays. Couple of days until uh, until Christmas. Great time of year. Coming off of a great podcast with our guy Dalton Use last week. Yeah, it was really good. He was awesome. Um, Doing
0: good numbers too. Pe- yeah. The track kids they're coming out in in force for their guy.
2: No, he was uh, he was great. Interesting. Um, glad to to get into some stuff with him. Excited for today's guest. Um, little Bit of a throwback, yeah. Not a current athlete or, or coach, super pumped. Um, so you know, looking forward to that. Got women's hoops, I think, is wrapped up for uh, for the semester or for the uh, holidays. Oh, for the holidays, yeah. but um, they got a game on the 30th at home. Wrapped up their non conference at BYU yeah, yesterday Eastern. with a competitive showing,
0: um, yeah. I got away from a little bit late, but that's tough. They were uh, they went out there for like eight hours,
2: it was <laughs> crazy. Um, Men close it out tonight against Yale and non-conference. Uh, yep, close out of the non-conference at least. Yep, yeah, and uh, hopefully roll into roll into the holidays with a win.
0: Yeah, that would be all I want for Christmas is the Hawks to beat the Bulldogs. How about that? It's
2: it's not part of the song, but I'll take it.
0: <laughs> so uh, the point we go over all the time about the podcast and kind of what our goals are for it, but. On a week like this, and really in the summertime or during breaks, where there's not a ton of athletes on campus, we also have to talk a little bit about uh, signing day later on. But we'll do that after our guest is is finished. Um, one of the things we kind of talk on is love having our alums come back, especially ones that are out there absolutely crushing it. And I and I can say because I know him and I know his wife, and I and I was here for both of their athletic careers that our guest today uh, not only did an outstanding job when he was a student athlete here at Monmouth, but um, just to watch uh, the, the things he's done in the business world over the last 10 plus years uh, is really, really, really uh, exciting. And I know he's gonna be a good guest. He's a great dude, haven't seen him in a while, but there's a lot of fun memories with with the guys that he went to school with here and played baseball. So today's guest, uh, Andrew Myers, uh, Andy Myers as we, we will call him, uh, Welcome to Hawk uh, Talk, and thanks for taking the time, man.
1: No doubt. Thanks, guys. Greg, uh, awesome to be back on. Appreciate the uh, the call out here, and and let's have some fun over the next half hour.
0: Absolutely. So, uh, you are you are now in Nevada? Am I correct? In Las, you live in Las Vegas.
1: Mistake one, Greg. <laughs> Nevada. You, you <laughs> us East Coast boys. I learned I learned real early when I came out here. Uh, they they called me the Yankee when I first moved <laughs> out to Nevada, and, and the and the first the first thing I got caught doing was was calling it Las Vegas, Nevada. So
0: oh, uh, ne- Nevada? Yeah. Nevada, Nevada,
1: Nevada, yep. so, I'd be a Nevada uh, guy. I've always said Nevada.
2: Yeah.
0: Well, i met, yeah. you know
1: amongst amongst us East Coast boys, it's still Nevada to me.
0: Yeah, it's Nevada. Still, still the Cowboys out here. Uh, so how? Let's take it back. When did you make the move out there? Because you are an East Coast dude. You're you know you're a, a Philly fan of of all great sports teams, you know. So, uh, how long have you been out in Nevada? I'm gonna try to stay
1: that the whole time. Yeah. So, uh, listen, I grew up. I grew up right outside of Philadelphia. Um, you know, really hardworking entrepreneurial family. My father uh, was the hardest working dude I I've ever met. Um, you know, 40 plus years, uh, every day getting up. You know, putting putting the boots on and going to work and showing me what, what hard work means in a, in a family. And, and, and that was instilled in me, not just through my bloodline, but, but seeing it firsthand. Um, but he also instilled on in me on Sundays, we wear green, we bleed green. Uh, and when it's baseball season, we, we bleed red. So uh, I haven't lost that about me. Um, my wife, who, who you guys know, and we'll talk about, uh, who is all, also an awesome mama and athlete, um, we haven't missed an Eagles game together um, for you know forever. Um, so that that's something I'm proud of. Uh, we've moved around the country over the last 15 years together, um, but um, you know still bleed green and, and look at us this year, 13 and one. Loving I'm excited. It. I've already I've already pre bought my tickets to the Super Bowl in Arizona. So, <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah, don't we, jinx us. We, I like we that. Uh, touch the money. I, I know. I know um, G- Gary being the so, staunch
0: Giants Mets fan is hating all of this talk
1: right I now. It, I hate it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and listen, all, all the all the guys, you know, all of my teammates and and all the guys that um, were were friends with with the baseball players back back in my heyday, we all are still on a, a group chat together, um, and it's really all geared towards you know NFL because of the craziness of fantasy football. We all get in different fantasy leagues together and do daily fantasy. But you know, I'm I'm the single Eagles die hard. Everyone else is a Mets or Jets and Mets and Yankees, so I'm, the, I'm still the sole Phillies-Eagles guy, and that'll never change. But, yeah, to answer your question, Greg, um, you know, my wife and I, Megan, um, right after school, I went up to New York City and, and, and grinded grinded my teeth becoming an entrepreneur uh, post-2008 post, uh, recession and then was there for about nine years um, and then got married, had my first kid there, moved down to South Florida. Actually, we moved to Fort Lauderdale where I was uh, raising some capital for another venture that I started and spent about 18 months there. I actually had our second son in, in South Florida. Uh, and then about three and a half years ago, almost four years now, we, we moved out to, to Las Vegas. Again, my, my business journey took us out here and um, yeah, moved out here. And the, the funny story is, is my wife, Meg, had never Stepped foot uh, in in Vegas or saw the house, and I frankly she she was pregnant again, and uh, I pulled the trigger and said, you know, we're getting a house, and you know, hey, we're moving in a month. Let's pack everything up, and you know, I think you'll like it. We're going to make some friends, and it'll be another kind of crazy chapter of our of our journey together. And she's embraced it, so it's been it's been interesting to say the least, right? I mean, everything we know growing up on the East Coast about Sin City. Um, it is what it is. I uh, kind of make the, the reference to, to my East Coast friends that, or even my family members. It's kind of like living in, in New York City. You don't go to Times Square, you know, unless like your parents come into town, you take them to a Broadway show. But if you live in Manhattan, you stay away from that kind of 10 block radius because it's <laughs> mayhem of tourism. It's the same here. We we don't go to the strip unless we're going to a game or a concert where we have some friends or family in town. We we, we stay away from the mayhem. but. You know, it's been a little, it's been a cool, pleasant, um, yeah, like chapter and experience. I mean, we live in a nice suburb, 12 miles northwest of the city. I drive downtown for work every day, you know, down in the heart of the city where all the action's happening. But we have a nice reprieve from that as a family. And we've made some good friends, a lot of transplants for business. My best friend here was a was a point guard for UNLV. So I follow UNLV basketball. They're actually having a great year this yeah. year. Know the, co- know the coach there, Lon Kruger's son, Kevin Kruger. So um, a, a cool little community.
0: Yeah, so uh, m- so I have a lot of questions about moving out there, but one is, have you found that many people are picking up the phone and being like, hey, what are you doing? I'd lo- love to fly out for a weekend and chill with you.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's that's the problem, man. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> you gotta and and I'll tell clear, you, know, you got to go to the strip.
0: Right, and they expect it, you to go do all the maniacal things that – you do when you're in Las Vegas,
1: and and listen, I've calmed down, guys. Like you know, 12, 14, definitely twenty years ago, <laughs> right. I, I could, I could, I could go um, and and be at practice at six a.m. and hopefully go two for four with two doubles and four RBIs and two strikeouts. But you know, <laughs> I I can't, I don't have that recovery anymore. So Heck yeah, I when I get the phone call from you know whoever it is, whoever I went to college with or family or friends or you know, met in New York, you know, became friends with in the business world. They're like, yeah, I'm coming out for a bachelor party. You're going to love these guys, you know, <laughs> come down to the strip and party until 6am. I'm like, not doing it. Right. Like, right. so the good thing is when you get married and you have kids, it's a, it's a prime excuse, excuse. you can use over and over.
0: Absolutely. And you're like, listen, I can't, yeah, I'm the wife. There's no way I can do that. <laughs> yeah. Um, So let, we're gonna. I want to jump into kind of your your current venture and all that kind of stuff. But first, let's talk a little bit about you know Monmouth baseball. Like what 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 led you? I mean, you had a great career here. I mean, you're still in the top like six and and so many different things. And um, I think when y- you know you were part of pretty much an unparalleled run and, and success that we haven't really had on a team level since then. Um, what all those years ago? What kind of led you to 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 come to to Monmouth and you know that you could have gone to plenty of schools in the area, but but what made Monmouth kind of different?
1: Number one, uh, I wanted the opportunity for for my parents to, to come to my games. That that really was the spearhead. I mean, I still vividly remember uh, back in those days, and I don't even know if it's still I used to be able to have five official visits back when I was uh, being recruited. And I, I remember all the. You know, letters coming in the mail, and and I was a public school kid. I didn't go to a high profile, uh, you know, school or, or private school. Like a lot has changed, right? Even in the last twenty years, with AAU and travel and all the specialized sports. I was a I was a three sport high, uh, high school athlete. I loved playing other sports. Um, I had a you know eleven varsity letters in high school for for playing different sports, and and baseball definitely was my best, but I also enjoyed um, the other, the other aspects of other sports and getting to know other team sports. But for me, it was, um, number one, being, being close to the family so that my parents who, who were, you know, the unbelievable support system to get, to get me there could go. And then number two was, I really wanted to play right away. And, um, I remember, uh, back then it was Dan Coya, uh, Leo, Barbara Leonardo and, and, and coach e you know, they, they really started to show a lot of interest in me and, started talking up some of the other recruits of, of my class, Brad Brock, Kyle Higgins, and John Dennis to be specific and kind of saying like, Andrew, if, if, if you come, you know, this, this some of this recruiting class could be a game changer for, for this program could really get us back to, to a place where we're, we're the, we're the prominent program, not only in the conference, but, but potentially make, make some, some shockwaves um, outside of the conference. And, that was important to me to to feel to feel that uh, ability to be connected to other athletes at the same level as me that were that were around the area that you know could go to St. John's or Rutgers or maybe even an ACC school uh, which I had offers to go to as well so yeah those were the three things it was number one being close to my parents that they could come see me play and support me um, number two um, playing right away which I I was lucky enough to, to start as a true freshman and and start every game during my career, which not a lot of athletes can say. And number three, you know, the camaraderie that was built right away from, you know, my other recruits, and then obviously getting there and getting to know everyone else.
2: You just talked about uh, just to go back to, you said coach E. Hall made reference to that. You guys could be like the core of, of a really good group of, of teams, which ended up happening um, did you kind of feel that right away When you got on campus with those other guys I mean obviously I can't imagine you knew any of them um, Too well coming in But when you met them and started fall ball Like that first fall Do you remember thinking like we, we could be pretty good?
1: Absolutely And you know team sports No matter what it is But especially baseball Where there's you know So much uh, nuance of, of variables with With hitting and pitching And defense and offense Right like if you think about me um as a as a hitter uh you know first base. I was a lefty lefty right so I was limited where I where I could play in the field but um corner outfielder first baseman you had John Dennis uh JD who was a catcher you had Brad Brock who was a pitcher and you had Kyle Higgins who was a shortstop I mean those are if you're kind of thinking about a core recruiting class like (laughs) you you pretty much cover right the the core elements um of, of what we needed and that was number one. Number two was, and we actually played against each other in in high school in the North South All Star Game, which is really cool. So we got to to play against each other, knowing we were all going to be teammates heading into that freshman class. But you know, our personalities were very different. We we learned that right away, getting getting housed in the same suite as freshmen. Uh, I'll never forget it, it was K Suite, um, and and right away it was like you know I was more of the outspoken. You know, vocal leader that, that was going to show up every day and, and grind and be boisterous about winning and creating a winning culture. And I really didn't care if it was a senior or a freshman or the guy at the end of the bench or our best pitcher. Um, we were, we were, we were playing baseball. It's a hard sport and you can't hide from the stats. So, you know, the stats only are as important as winning. And I think those guys allowed me to be me right away and I allowed them to be them. And I think it took a little bit of time for coach to kind of wrap his head around how is this dynamic going to play out? But obviously, you know, it worked out and I think we were a testament to getting the guys behind us to also come to Mammoth and come on their official visits and See the type of culture that we were building as younger guys playing every day but we also respected our our seniors and our juniors and the guys that have been there to create that level of culture so I, I carry that that experience and those experiences with me today it'll never change I hope that I can instill some of that into my, my sons and hopefully they become athletes but that's what it's all about it's about you know, being able to, to understand the DNA of, of people and how you can bind together to create a winning culture and then, you know, hopefully pass that along. So I, I, I talk to the guys about it here and there on our on our group Zooms uh, that we jump on, and it's like, you know, you just hope that that form of legacy of, of a winning team culture is there, and I think it has been.
0: So I was just looking back, and just to, it's been – a long time. I mean, I started here too long. I started here in 2006, so your freshman year was my first year. Um, yep. That '06 team, you guys go all the way to the NEC finals and end up losing uh, late, you know, to to Quinnipiac. Then you come back and you you obliterate three three or four games. I mean, you dropped one, but three or four games you just completely dominated the following year, and then obviously go to the regional. and We could talk about that, but. What kind of was the change between your freshman and your sophomore year? Was it just a team thing? Was it got a couple extra p- pieces that you guys needed? Because th- that the class after yours was pretty talented too.
1: Yeah. And, and you hit, you hit part of it. Part of it is we, we had a really stellar, uh, couple recruiting classes underneath of ours. Um, and, and those guys that came in, um, you know, led by Colazo and Niederhaus and, um, you know, guys after them, the Terry's, the Ryan Boops, uh, Brett Brock, uh, Brad's brother. And, and, uh, you know, I hate to miss out some of the guys, but they know who they are. Um, You know, but, but listen, failing, I I use the term in my business today with with partners and put failing forward is real. Um, you, You gotta, you gotta learn and face admittance of what went wrong and, in team sports, I, I, I'm I'm very believing that it's the same thing. You know, I I was lucky enough to be in the lineup every day, but, you know, I, I needed to step up after I was a true freshman. And, and, you know, again, having a coach like Coach E-Halt that allowed me to be me and, and kept me in the guardrails when, when I needed to was really important. But when you talk about the other, the other supporting cast of amazing players that we had that were maturing um, – I was able to to push them as well and they were able to push me. But if we didn't have that 06 season, uh, I hate to say it probably this way, but we may have not had the 07 season and that may have not created what, you know, Colazo's group and and those guys had after me and and Higgs and and Brad and JD departed. And, And that's real, right? You have to, you have to experience it and talk about it to kind of think about it that way. But, um, that locker room mentality changed our camaraderie as a team changed after the 06 season um, i still have a bad taste in my mouth about 06 and i know the the seniors on that team do as well but you know it is what it is and we took advantage of of, of building a better culture and 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 putting it on the lines and, and making sure you know when the when the ninth inning was over the seventh inning was over we were up by at least one run
2: Greg touched on uh, on the regional you guys went to in 07. Um, probably a, a great memory, I'd imagine, for you and and your guys. Uh, what do you remember most about those those couple days and and that experience? To you know, you come off a championship, and obviously everybody knows that's you know it's awesome, right? You, you're celebrating with your guys and, and you winning winning a championship. But the regional is kind of unique experience. It's the only thing in college athletics I can think of. You go for a couple of days, you play multiple games. Um, what do you remember from that experience of the 07 regional?
1: Most of it, most of it off the field, guys, or 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 not while the pitches were being thrown. Um, you know, again, I, w- I was also lucky enough to play in some prominent summer leagues um, where I was able to travel and get paired up with with uh, teammates that were playing at much larger schools, schools that went to regionals every year and were in the top twenty five in the country had, you know, 10,000 people show up to every game like we had at Arizona State and that 2007 regional, I was really proud that we were there for the university, um, you know, traveling around uh, to play summer ball and and then, you know, post-summer and saying, hey, I, I played Division One baseball at Monmouth. Um, you know, w- w- we kind of still were in the shadows of the Rutgers and, and some of that, right, because they, they were in a bigger conference and, and were just a more prominent university. But I think Mammoth's done an amazing job. And that was a was a, a you know rung on the ladder, right? The 2007 baseball team going to a regional at Arizona State and playing ASU and Nebraska. Um, that's meaningful for the university, and I was really proud of that. And you know, there's been a lot of great teams that, at Mammoth um, that have continued to add rungs to that ladder. But for me, I was proud of the university. I was proud of our team. But plane rides, hotel rooms, all the stuff you kind of get pampered with by the NCAA, when you go to a regional, that's the stuff you really remember um, when it's this far past. <laughs>
0: um, do you uh w- still talk to coach? E- I know you still talk to coach. He so this is a loaded question, but uh you know, what, what is your relationship like? Obviously, we know, you are tight with the guys and, and, but what's your relationship like w- with the coaching staff? You still talk to any of those guys who coached you, you know, when you were here and, Obviously, you've come back to plenty of events. Now it's a little bit harder that you're living out in Nevada. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, what, what, you know, because I feel like baseball is one of those sports where, like, you're you're just so tight with the guys you play with. I think every sport is like that. But um, but then C- Coach E. Hall's been here so long that, like, it's just groups of guys coming back, like, or at least that, you know, the first pitch dinner when we had that and stuff like that. So you still talk to to any of them?
1: Oh, for sure. Um, and it starts with Coach Hall. Listen, we—I—I would—I would venture to say, if—if—if if, if you go ask Coach, you know, who—who who was one of your top five most unique players, um, and not define the term unique, I, I, I would think I would be in that mix, <laughs> if not one or two. And—and um, and listen, without him, I wouldn't be who I am today. Um, because, cause listen, you're a 17-year-old kid, 18-year-old kid. Um, <laughs> you're good at sports, um, and you need a coach like that to, to, to keep you in check and make sure that it's, it's about the right things of, of building maturity as, as a person, number one. So that's one of the things I love about coaches. He was always in the people development business. Uh, baseball was, was his tool. Um, and coaching was his tool to be in the, in the people development business. And, and I love that about Coach. And there were times where he was really hard on me, but he knew I could take it. Um, and, and there was times where I saw him treating, you know, every other player a bit differently because that was his unique way of getting what he needed out of the entire team. Um, and I think that's a testament of why he's been there so long. You know, coaching college athletics is really hard. Um, and, and, not, and only having players for, you know, up to four years or five years, if they redshirt, um, that's not a really long period of time to be able to develop, um, you know, the team for the, for the benefit of, of the performance on the field and winning more games than, than not. But it's also a short amount of time to develop people. So to me, um, I, I have an amazing relationship uh, with Coach. I would love to be closer to the area so I could help spend more time with the program or with him. Um, but we we get our sessions in, and most of it's around what I just said. It's about you know how how could I help by by talking to teams about the the intangible assets that that you need, which is leadership it's it's proving through action and showing up every day and you know and and proving to to the organization that you're a leader and that's not just words, that's action,
0: yeah definitely and i I think that you touched on something that's that's really important. That I think people have a perception of college coaches, especially when you you know you play when you coach basketball or football or baseball, that you're just here to do a job. You're here to get wins and losses and get these and and get a kid out of here. And if they get a degree, that's great. But it's so much more than that. It, it's it's mentoring. It's helping make sure that they mature as a human being. It's connecting them with somebody who's graduated before. Uh, to maybe help them guide them in in a career path, you know, not necessarily give them a job. I mean, that definitely happens in this building, but at least you know, hey, I, you know, I'm interested in getting into X Y Z. You know, all right, here we have an alum that does this. Get on the phone with him and try to ask him how he did. Like that is so much of the importance of being a, a collegiate coach. Uh, I think I think the general population or people who don't either work in it or have a relative that works in it or or was an athlete. I think they just kind of that kind of just blows by and I feel bad for the student athletes who don't take advantage of those types of um, those types of opportunities that, that good coaches provide.
1: Totally agree, Greg. I mean, I'll tell you, it, it, it continues to be a passion of mine. It's, It's every year I write out my, my annual goals. Actually, I'm in the process right now of writing out my 2023 independent and personal goals, family goals and business goals. And it's something everybody should do. I learned it right after school and I've committed to it every year. and It's been very helpful in, in my own, you know, work-life balance. Um, but you, you hit it spot on. Uh, the ability to, number one, as, as a young student athlete, get yourself into a university like Mama, that is really unique. I mean, it's just an amazing campus, um, you know, safe, uh, amazing landscape, uh, amazing area of an amazing state, and and and, and a Division One program with high education. Um, that's number one. Number two is then what advantages c- can you get out of that? And um, especially as a student athlete, uh, the everyday non-student athlete or non-coach or or non-affiliated, uh, you know, athletic d- departments—they don't understand how much goes into the time management of being a, a full-time Division or any Division student athlete. It's it's a lot, right? And, and to be able to garner that to get mentorship or get what I call relevancy. Like when I talk or sometimes interview in my business, when I interview, um, I just had the opportunity to interview a, 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 an ex-DN, defensive end from Boston College, who played in the bowl game against Notre Dame. And I was interviewing him. He's 25, and he was uh, interviewing for a sales job for my company. And you know, I, spent, I spent half the interview talking about college sports. Right. I, I spent half the interview um, just kind of going back to the glory days and asking him, you know, as a person, as an athlete, like what drives him and what motivates him and how does how does he think about time management? and Does he set goals? And How does he see himself working on a team with people that may not be exactly like him, that don't come from the same place as him, don't have maybe the same education, don't have the same talent? And and that's the that's the building blocks of the DNA of either a team or a business. I relate everything in business to team sports, period. Everybody in my company today or the companies I've worked for knows that if Andrew's going to have a voice in the room, which most of the time I do, um, I'm going to be using references or analogies to team sports or, or sports organizations, top down, bottom up, uh, because I, I think it's the hardest thing to do is to get on a field or a court or whatever, a rink and and know that the, the rules are the same you have the same amount of people in the same positions, and they're and, and you got to beat them <laughs> like i think that's just super cool i think it's super unique i i don't think enough people break it down to that brass tack, but um team sports and and, and winning in business is, is very similar to me it's
2: good perspective i like that uh like we use the sports analogies, too, but I think in a totally different way here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all day long. <laughs> um,
2: you still able to keep up with, with Monmouth Baseball? I know you're, you're obviously really busy, but um, with, with streaming video and, and social media and all that, are you still able to to kind of keep tabs on what's going on in the program?
1: For sure. Every year. Every year we track them. And, again, like I stated earlier, you know, the guys, there's, there's probably about 15 of us that are on a thread. Um, it probably ranges from, you know, me and, and, and the guys I mentioned earlier being the oldest guys and then kind of down through maybe three years younger than us. We're, we're all on a thread and we, we follow mama's Sports. We follow all Mama Sports, honestly. But when baseball season rolls around, we're, we're sending the links around to each other. I'm streaming it from wherever I am <laughs> traveling or, or on the West Coast. And that's the way it should be, right? I mean, you know, you go somewhere and spend four or five years of your life you know, some of the most important years of your life, building those relationships, good, bad, and indifferent experiences. Um, and now we're what, uh, 14, 15 years post. Um, we, we, we reflect back and we're like, holy shit, I can't, can't believe it's been that long. We're getting old. Uh, we can't stop time, but we can always remember experiences.
0: And not only, and we can't really get into that, but not only tremendous success on the diamond. But there was some tr- tremendous success off the field. Uh, you know, we, There may not be a bigger group of Cowboys than that 06, 07, 08 group of, of to get in guys. Trouble. I'm not trying to get anybody in trouble. We won a lot of baseball <laughs> games. Uh, there seemed to be a lot of closed door meetings with with Jeff Stapleton, who was a sport admin at the time, uh, and and a lot of laughing going on in in our back office when Chuck Rostano and Ty McGee would come back and be like, "Oh man, these guys are killing us!" Last weekend after the game, blah 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 blah. Um, so we don't need to get into any specifics, but uh, it was it's a great group. It's a great group of guys. Uh, that that thread is probably hilarious. Um, obviously, Chris Carlazo is a close friend of of both of ours, and um, he just left to go down to Delaware and do whatever, yeah. whatever you do down in Delaware. I'm not sure. Um, right. We saw him so when up. we played there in football. We went out and had a couple drinks the night before the game, so it was great to see see Zo down there in all of his Jets glory.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, listen, Greg I, I i think I think we need to define w- what what the term "Mama's Cowboys" was. I mean it. <laughs> It, it, it's not. It's not. You know what I know now out in Nevada, which is putting on your cowboy hat Mm-mm. or flicking on Yellowstone. It's not that. It, it's a. It's a group of guys that uh, earned it on the field. Right? Didn't. Didn't miss practice at six a.m. because they had too much uh, Kool-Aid to drink the night before, or didn't decide to show up to class to an eight-thirty elective because they thought they were too cool it was really about showing up as a student athlete and then earning the right to have fun uh, the way you felt like you needed to or wanted to. Absolutely, And that was the definition. I think that um, I was lucky enough to be probably in the founding group of, of that. And, and listen, it was across, it was across teams. I mean, the, sure. you know, we were tight with the other, other programs, which you don't get at a, at a lot of schools. Like there's sometimes jealousy of who's dating who or who's, you know, team is better than what? Like, I put a lot of that stuff to bed at Mama. I, I would I would call up the guys and gals from other teams and say, listen, we're, we're all one. We're, we're all here, right? Like, let's have fun together, and let's get to know each other better. And, um, you know, that, that's the definition of, of, of the group of the Cowboys is we just kind of took the bull by the horns and said, we only have a limited amount of time here. Um, let's do all the things that we're here to do first. And then if there's a little bit of extra time, Let's have some extracurricular activity. Yeah,
0: and you guys made the time for the extracurriculars, of, of course. Uh, we're When it gets closer to baseball, we're going to have Coach E. Hall on, and I'm going to ask him what his definition of Cowboys is. <laughs> <laughs>
1: No, but you're call, absolutely call right. Call me up. Call me up. I'll put <laughs> on the sideline. You can patch me in. We'll so patch we nice in. Discussion.
0: We'll have a four person. Uh, so uh, you know we're 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 rolling through here, and I don't want to take up too much of your time. You are are much more important and busy than Gary or I are. But I, I don't want to miss out on an opportunity to talk about a couple more things. One of which is your current sure. company, Captain. Um, t- t- kind of take us through that because I knew you were involved with some public transportation stuff in New York City. Um, and then I, I saw that you, you had made a move, like you said, down to South Florida and now recently, well, not recently you're out in, in, I'm just going to say Las Vegas. I can't do the Nevada thing. (laughs) And then most recently you've expanded into, into LA, which is amazing. So kind of take us from New York city and then kind of go through it all and, and give us a good overview of what, what the, how you started it and what the company does.
1: Yeah. Awesome. I appreciate that too. Um, so, so my career, for the last 15 years has been as an entrepreneur. Um, I didn't go into any kind of corporate business straight out of school. I had some opportunities, but, you know, I I really wasn't set up for that. Obviously we've talked about my my playing career and and how I was as a, as a student athlete, but that really derived right into if I wasn't going to try to go play professional baseball um, the next best move for me was to build my business career. And that was through entrepreneurship. So, Um, I was lucky enough to to get involved and have some great mentors and some great early bosses that supported me in those early early days in New York City and and coached me as as a businessman versus a a ball player. And, um, you know, the transportation industry, I I was lucky. I still am lucky because it's gone through more disruption and evolution um, over the last 10, 20 years than it did the prior 50. And, um, you know, that's like speaking all things for higher transportation, taxi cab business, uh, black car business, then Uber and Lyft. Um, And I really just kind of rode the wave. I I was lucky to get into a few different companies that were uh, in software payments, in telematics, safety technology. So I learned the technology side of of fleet transportation first, got into some public and private partnership opportunities in New York City where I learned about lobbying in the political arena, uh, but then fell really into a place where captains, Um, I thought there was a vision on creating a brand, number one, that could be differentiated from kind of what we knew in the bigger cities of just kind of hopping in a cab at an airport or needing to book ahead for a really expensive black car service or using kind of the Uber and Lyft rideshare businesses. So I I, I used all of those parameters to my advantage to really build a new category of transportation, which really is um, also taking the tailwinds of electrification. And we see a lot that was started from Tesla. but most of the automotive manufacturers, if not all, um, have already put out their public initiatives to go all electric by some form in the next 10 or 20 years. So, uh, again, lucky that the tailwinds of, of the other verticals have come into play for Captain, but Captain is a, is a fully managed transportation company, uh, meaning that we own the vehicles, which are primarily black electric Teslas and the new, uh, Ford Mustang electric vehicle, uh, to the everyday customer, they're like a black car, but a better black car. Um, think like Uber Black, uh, on the ride sharing app. But all of our drivers are full-time employees. So the differentiator with Captain is we invest in the, in the internal customer. We invest in our employees. Think about what Starbucks did when they created the barista experience in the green apron. They created an iconic brand to basically sell you coffee, which, uh, which a lot of other companies were doing before Starbucks. Um, so for, for Captain, we have a similar approach, invest in the internal customer, develop the people internally that are going to deliver the experience to the external customer. And in our business, that happens to be someone getting in the back seat of an electric vehicle. Um, and we've done a, we've done a really good job keeping that, those core values in place. Um, I've been lucky to be the founder and the CEO currently of the business. Uh, we've also taken a different approach of of fundraising and and educating the capital markets on why they should look at a company like Captain as a large investment opportunity to to really create a corporate opportunity to scale this platform to to every major market, every major city in the U.S. and L.A. was our was really our first step in that direction. So we've we've raised um, a fair amount of institutional capital in the market, and we're we're taking that capital and investing in our growth. And we think that, you know, the future is bright for for Captain as a really new modern platform for getting from point A to point B the way you want to, um, but not losing sight on on what the business is about. It's about getting a human uh, that you support and train and retain and hold accountable in the front seat of that vehicle to operate that vehicle safely, securely, and frankly, deliver a delightful experience to the customer or member that's in the backseat.
0: How hard was it to get into a, a city like LA? I, I imagine you don't just show up with twelve cars and be like, "Here we are." Uh, <laughs> except you, us. you are
1: correct. You are correct. <laughs> um, the you know one of the things I love about my my time in transportation or fleet it, it's old school. Um, there's no no other way to put it. Um, this industry and I you know grinded my teeth in New York in the early days where. It's rough and tough from a fleet business, medallion business. Um, but but it's it, it's the people business. It's the relationship business. And I think that's that's where I thrive of getting face-to-face with, um, with the market or getting face-to-face with a partnership or a regulator or a politician, whoever it is, right, that we need to kind of check off the list to be able to launch a large city. And, you know, being honest with them, but also being direct about, hey, we're going to do this no matter what. Uh, we play by the rules. Uh, We know there's competition, competition is healthy, but you know, we have a business plan, we have resources, we have assets, we have capital, uh, we have great people and we're going to come in and serve the market better. So I I stay true to that approach. I think right now in my career, um, you know, I'm I'm suited best in that position to to continue to go into the big markets and be very direct and, and back it up with, with the business that we execute every day. So, proud of that proud of the team proud of the company but there's a lot more to come
0: it's it's amazing man and I, I like to just kind of I watch it from afar um, it's one beauty of social media is that I don't have to have these conversations with everybody to watch their successes and I've definitely kept an eye on yours and an eye on on captains and that and it's been pretty cool just to watch uh, watch the the business growth and kind of how you're taking it so um, appreciate that much kudos to that uh, I I one thing i don't want i don't want to get away from us is uh we talked a little bit of it when we were just BSing before we we actually hit the record button but nobody in the business in the in the year of 2022 about to be 23 in 6 days or whatever does a better job of of not publicizing childbirth the way you and meg do i mean you have three healthy beautiful boys uh uh, the we were just talking with Jared Weiss, uh, you know, a couple months ago, whatever it was, and randomly turned on Instagram. And it was like, hey, we're excited to to announce, you know, our third son was born. And, and everybody was like, whoa, did, did you know that, you know, they were having another child? And no, I had no idea. And, and it's, it's just so <laughs> refreshing based on all of the nonsense you see with the gender reveal and everything. And, and I, listen, you're a guy. There's not too many guys that are into doing that crap. But really, for, for Meg, for her not to be like, "Hey, I want to do all this." I, I'm impressed. I, I got to tell you.
1: Yeah, listen, we 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 got to give a shout out to my wife, who's awesome. Um, she was she was an amazing student athlete at Mammoth, uh, great lacrosse player. Uh, Intern in great my office. Lacrosse player. Yep. Sometimes um, a pain in so, my ass. That's right. Always a pain in my ass, um, still. <laughs> so I, I took I took the baton from you. Uh, but no, all joking aside. Listen, Meg, Meg is the rock of the family. Um, I, I think it's it's funny when we get in these forums, right? Like you know both of us, mm-hmm. and and people that are still at Mammoth that knew us when we were there know both of us. I mean, we were a very unique match. Um, you know, coming out of, of school and and look at us now, right? We we've, we've been married for. You know, almost eight years. We've moved around the country. Uh, we've had three boys under the age of six in three different cities. Um, we we've been on a really cool journey, right? Yeah. Together, and that's 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 what it's about. But I will say, you know, we I'll give you the quick story. So we were having our first. She got pregnant with our first son in New York City, and you know, we we look at each other, and she's like, "Well, you know, everyone's finding out," and that was back in the days of like you, you posted your crazy cool popping a balloon or hitting the you know, golf ball that blew up in pink and blue. And <laughs> right. we're, we're just not those people. Um, not to say that it's not cool to do that. We're just not those people. So no, we, we, we took it at an, an extra level and we're like, we're just not going to find out as long, you know, all we care about is that the baby's healthy and it was our first. And you know, I, I, I would be lying if I told you I, I wasn't pulling for the boy to be first. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so the boy comes out; he's healthy. I'm excited, right? We we name him Junior, which is super cool. Second one comes around pretty quick after. Don't know how that happened, um, <laughs> and and it's like, well, we, you know, let's just do it again. And and this time, you know, another boy pops out, and and now we're like, that was cool. And and then we move to Nevada, and it's like, uh, she gets pregnant again. It's a weird. Pretty good trend going on here. Yeah. And and uh, then she's like. You know, no one's out here, like, like no family's out here. None of our friends are out here. Um, maybe, maybe we're just going to do this ourselves. And, you know, once <laughs> and, and really, honestly, like outside of our parents, like no one really knew that she was pregnant. So she did no Instagram <laughs> or Facebook, uh, nothing like, Hey, so far along, you know, the big brothers are excited. Right. No, the, the, the stupid
0: little shirts, the kids holding up on be yeah. big brother. You, none of that.
1: Yeah. So, so like, obviously we knew it. And, and again, we didn't find out on number three. So, um, another boy pops out, um, an awesome ode to, to Meg's maiden name. So we named our third son, Brennan Myers, which Megan's maiden name was Brennan. That's who everyone at Mammoth knows her. But, um, so my third son, our third son is named Brennan Thomas Myers to, to her maiden name, which was super cool. But yeah, then we, then we finally put it on social media and like my phone was buzzing like guys are like are you kidding me you had another kid like no no one knew so
0: it's amazing
1: uh, i don't it's, it's funny now because because we're on a trend right so our life is crazy we got three sons under six and you know at this point i'm 37 and we don't have a girl yet i would love to have a girl right um and and Meg's going to listen to this. So here, here we go.
0: Right. right. I'm he, like, be, choose your next words wisely, please. Myers.
1: Co- correct. Correct. So, so I'm, I'm talking to, to, to my buddies and, and they're like, so you going for number four, you going for the girl. And I'm like, well, I think there's only two ways that that doesn't happen. One of which is, is surgical. And I feel bad, felt bad for dogs my whole life when it happened to them. <laughs> so I don't really believe in that. And number two, I'm, I'm frankly, uh, Strongly against, um, and that's just lack of activity. Right. So um, right. that 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 one that one probably doesn't fly in a great marriage. No uh, abstinence. And 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 if someone knows a third, I, I'd be happy to to listen and research, <laughs> but don't don't know of a third. So um, as of today, that's where we stand. Well,
0: I, listen, I will be just as excited in twelve or thirteen months when I see a secret. Just uh surprise here's uh here's Megan junior uh, 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 but Megan I, I will Jr. say this, hey, listen I, I think it's awesome you guys have three boys under at that place in in another i gotta think in another three years, you may as well just move to a barn because those boys are probably gonna tear that thing up uh Meg does a it's great job their hair it's already happening <laughs> their hair always looks perfect. She does a good job with yeah. that. The, the hair is good. She's got the matching outfits down. So uh, the, the Myers family pictures d- do look very good. I'm sure there's going to be some kind of Christmas jammy picture coming out soon that I'll laugh about and text Colazo. Um
1: Yeah, no, but she's, uh, she's, she does a great she's job. Amazing with them,
0: and and I'm sure she'll. I'll get some kind of message that she wants her time on the podcast, and uh, you know, being <laughs> an all uh, NEC offensive rookie of the year, NEC offensive player of the year. Uh, she was a fantastic lacrosse player here during a very very good time uh, of uh, of women 's lacrosse, so I do want to definitely give her her due
1: she She actually sent me a, a note this morning when I got to the office and she was she wanted me to ask you if if you made a mistake on the email because since both of our last names are myers she she just <laughs> thought maybe you made a mistake on on who you were actually wanting to come on the podcast, but mm. I confirmed it was me not her.
0: Yeah, um, listen, tell her I'm sorry. I'm sure I'll get a a, a nice note uh, on that. Uh, for a w- second I was like, "Oh, maybe we'll have them both on." And I'm like, mm, I don't I don't know if we'll get what what we're really looking for out of Andy if we have Meg on too." So. Um, good, but good no, choice. we will definitely, yes, yeah, and we'll be definitely talking to her at some point. Um we we like to just wrap up with a couple fun things that have really nothing to do with anything of substance. More of kind of get to know you stuff and since we're so close to Christmas we'll probably dive right in on some good Christmas stuff um I also cool. I got one about baseball that I, I can't remember um I can I mean like JD's is the only walk-up music I'll, I'll never forget so I gotta try we're gonna ask you that one too so uh yeah go ahead Gary's gonna lead off because I felt like I've talked the the whole darn time No,
2: well, you do you it's all good Um <laughs> No, I was going to dive into the, to the walk-up songs, too, because as somebody that's worked with Mild Baseball since 2013, uh, the music has gotten progressively um, worse, in my opinion. <laughs> um, I did have Colazo here for a number of years, and we did have um, what we would consider the best pregame playlist in uh, in college baseball in the country. Uh, I don't know if our student Absolutely. athletes agreed, but, but we rode with that. Um, so – what did you walk up to and would you change that uh, if you were to play today?
1: Great question. And and I need to give it, I need to give kudos to, to Zoe. Zoe. Zoe is a man of the music. Um, so a lot of trust in, in, in those creating a, <laughs> a, a, a playlist for, for any, any function. Um, I mean, it would be I tool, came out to a
2: pregame Love it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> just no, just no nickelback. Um, so, so I came, I'm throwing it back because this band was not really known then and, and isn't still known. They didn't have a great, illustrious career as, as musicians. But I, I came out to P.O.D. Boom. Oh. Um, if I if I could do it over again, which I absolutely would, I would come out to Motley Crue Wildside.
0: Wow. That's a good one. So you went four years with, with one song, huh?
1: I had a few other songs, but when I got into my junior, senior year, that was a staple for me.
0: That was it. Gary, do guys change their stuff from me yeah, every
2: year they change. Every year they change.
0: See, I figure baseball guys are so superstitious that it's like if I'm cranking Very
2: one year. Very few guys have, have stuck with it all four years.
1: Um, yeah, and, 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 you, uh, and Greg, you mentioned uh, JD. J.D. J.D., he came out the return of the Mac. Yeah,
0: I mean. that's what I'm saying. He's <laughs> the only one I, ever, I, I can
1: remember. Just an amazing
0: walkout song. Yeah, it's great. Excellent. And, and I would love, like, he'd walk out, we'd be up, like, 6-1, some crap midweek game, and he'd come out and they'd call, like, time and bring the picture, and the whole song would play through. That was, like, the golden. That was, like, the best. Like, he got all of Return of the Mac. And Eddie would be dancing somewhere in prob- the press
1: box. The problem, though, is 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 he'd, he'd, he'd bunt. Coach would make him bunt. You can't come out to the Return of the <laughs> Mac and be the nine-hitter and get the bunt <laughs> throw with, down a bunt out.
0: <laughs> Listen, that's Dean ball. We're getting dudes on base.
1: Yeah, you need your three or four hitter coming out to return in the back.
0: We're we're getting dudes on base. That's what that's his job.
1: Sorry, 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 J.D.
0: <laughs> so uh, Christmas, you guys coming back east for Christmas?
1: So or we just, we are, we, we are not, we're, we're, we're staying, we're, we're having a desert Christmas, which by the way is, is, is funky cold. We're, we're like, you know, 28, 30 degrees at, at nighttime and in the morning. So it, it's not, that's yeah, it's not desert. Yeah. But, uh, we, we, we actually just came back from the East coast. We flew back a few weeks ago with, with all three maniacs on the plane, five and a half <laughs> hour plane ride each way. Uh, my brother-in-law, Meg's brother got married in Philly. So we, we had a good time and saw both sides of the family.
0: Nice. Got to, got to see all the boys. I'm sure the grandparents are were uh, juiced about that. Yeah. Uh, what is uh? W- do we play a lot of Christmas music around the Captain Headquarters, or maybe when we're taking one of the Teslas out?
1: Absolutely. So so the cool thing about one of our Tesla products is is it has a a, a Christmas function on it. So uh, meaning like you can park the car and it can basically. Uh, start playing this dancing Christmas light show. So we do it for some of our, our VIP accounts. We show up to their house to pick them up and we play the Christmas thing. But uh, Christmas music is a staple at Captain. It's a staple in the Myers household. Very nice. Uh, Bruce, Bruce Springsteen, obviously Santa Claus is coming to town. And then a throwback, my father's favorite Brenda Lee rocking around the Christmas tree. Those are my two favorites.
0: Those are, those are two really good ones. Th- those are really, really solid ones. Well, listen, We've spent almost an hour talking your time. Like I said, is a lot more valuable than our time. I don't even know what time it is by you. It's probably about noon, <laughs> um, yep. but we got to get ready for a hoops game. I, I can't thank you enough, you know, on the short notice of me, just kind of sending you an Instagram message being like, Hey man, we'd love to have you on and, and you jumping at it. Cause I know how busy you are. Uh, I wish you all the success, not only with just your business, but in the marriage and, and, um, and, and just being a man and moving your whole family out and taking care of them and an entrepreneur. And I feel like we could talk for another hour or two hours about this kind of stuff, but, uh, you know, we like to keep it to about an hour. So I I can't thank you enough for jumping on and, and just spending some time with us.
1: Absolutely guys. And, and and likewise, I appreciate you guys going back in the well and, and finding an old man like me as an (laughs) alum. So, um, you know, love what you guys have, have continued to do at the university. This, this podcast uh, is awesome. Um, and, and all the best to, to, to the university and specifically to all the student athletes. Who, you know, if they're listening, keep grinding, the grind, embrace the grind. Uh, trust me, over time, when you get to my age or get older, like some alums older than me, you'll appreciate it. Remember the experiences um, and have fun doing it.
0: Andy Myers, Gary, we will be back right after this. Hawk Talk is brought to you in part by Edison Heating and Cooling, which provides full HVAC services to business and residents in Central Jersey. Visit EdisonHVAC.com to schedule your repair or installation today cold. We go over this every week. If you're going to have to get your stuff fixed, why not use a Hulk Talk sponsor? Can't agree more. There's plenty of other places out there. Are they sponsoring your favorite podcast? Absolutely not. I
2: think Edison HVAC went to our office because it's always toasty. I
0: I don't know what happened. I Well, toasty. You would want them... You would pay them to come and smash a hole in the heater.
2: I had to open the window the other day. Other people in the office did not appreciate that. Yeah. You should be... I walked in...
0: Poor, hot. poor Megan O'Brien was standing there with a, like a full-on winter coat. It was hot, man. I said, "What is going on?" She's like, "Oh, Gary's cold." I'm like, "Call the police on him." They
2: had it at like ninety.
0: I swear, it was ninety. There's no way the football staff who controls the thermostat had it on ninety. They did different. Andy Myers was outstanding, and and, and he was really kind of. We didn't get into how good he was. I was here when he was here, and that was. Those teams he played on the you know the, the 60708 teams were really good at baseball. That
2: whole run of years was our probably our best run ever in in uh in baseball. I meant to mention I forgot to to drop it in there. He mentioned Leo. Um
0: he knows the game.
2: Leo knows the game and he uh is fortunate enough when streaming the games to, to be able to listen to Leo. Yeah. So I meant to drop in a question about that. I forgot. But.
0: Legend. Well, that's, that's we do this all the time. We hang up with people. And we're like, man, I had like 10 other things to talk. but,
2: but Then Leo adds another 15 minutes.
0: <laughs> right. We might have to get Leo on uh, in the spring maybe. Just have him come down and talk about the good old days. We could easily Better do be a, tough enough. Well, listen, he told me when we moved to Beachwood that I don't know if I'm tough enough to move across the river. He might still be right. I'm not really sure. Uh, just had a huge, huge weekend, huge week yesterday. I guess huge day is, is really football signing day. Um, and it's weird because it's earlier these these. Couple, this year was later, but still earlier than it used to be. It used to be the first, you know, the first February signing, first Wednesday in f- February was a big signing day. Uh, we had it yesterday. Uh, looks like a really good class again. Um, I would say these last two classes. I mean, just some big bodies up front, you know, obviously trying to bolster some defense um, really did a nice job on the D line.
2: Yeah. hundred percent. I want to start off by shouting out our guys um, internally, uh, Mark Mormon and yourself and Brady Weaver. Some of the content went out yesterday was really good. It was awesome. Um, I, I'm not going to take any credit, but I, I
0: did. So he cut up them clips. I
2: did. I was going to say for the sake of the segment, uh went through and cut up a lot of the highlights of these guys and, uh listen, I've, I've done this for years. I've done Signing Day for years. I've been around Signing Day. We've done Signing Day specials on ESPN when I was running that, and I watched a ton of video, and I've seen these kids in high school. And, and high school tape is high school tape, right? You never really
0: know. Right. But All relative to who they're playing.
2: But I'm watching some of this, and I'm like, oh. I got <laughs> some impressive, impressive stuff um, on those highlight tapes, and I'm excited for, uh, you know, the defense of the side of the ball looks strong. Some defensive backs that can really play. Um, I know Coach Calhoun's excited. Position coaches are excited. Um, all in all, seems like a good class. Something we don't really talk about in the moment football land is is the transfer portal, but out of some necessity and, and the need to get some guys immediately, um, they did hit the portal this year, and I think really could pay off in a positive way.
0: Yeah, I think you, you have to now. right? Right. Obviously, it's no secret we lost some guys in the portal, really, you know, primarily Tony Musket, signed with uh, an ACC school. Uh, So you had to go, and sorry, that was my phone. You had to go out and get some guys, um, and I think they did a really nice job, and they're not done yet. There's going to be a couple others, but they, you know, the portal is really good for, I think, at our level for a couple things. One, to find some immediate needs to help bolster and then two, maybe find, you know, I asked, he doesn't work here anymore, but I asked one of our former um, staff members, like after a kid picks like an FBS school or it's usually all we lose a kid to, but after a kid picks an FBS school, like why, why do you still follow him? Like, why do I see you liking all their stuff? Like, If it was me and I spent all this time and the kid just last second decided to go somewhere else, like I'd just be like, unfollow, whatever he goes. Because you know what? When they get there and they realize that the grass isn't always greener, they're going to think about the recruiting process and and who was good to them and who was honest to them and who stuck by them. And he's like, and then they'll end up back here. So I think that's, that's part two of the portal, right? Like, can you get back here? Can you get somebody to get back here? Uh, after they go for a year or two and and just doesn't work out for any number of a thousand reasons. Um, and I think, you know, you'll, you'll see some of that going forward. It's, it's hard to pivot and this whole thing is turned upside down and there's a lot of good to it. I think there's a lot of bad to it. Um,
2: it's going to even itself out at some point and it'll be different as you move forward. But, but some need, and I think some good needs were filled by our staff in, in the portal. Um, Quarterback position, namely, right—that's the most important position on the field. Yeah,
0: brought in, you know, brought in some, not just a portal, but you also brought, brought in, in a freshman fr- and a portal quarterback and owes, right? And to add to to the guys we already have here, so uh, that'll be a lot of fun. Brought another speedy back, you know, like those Rodney Nelson, um, Jaden Sherman. By the way, is blowing up. I mean, hey, it's every day. There's a- <laughs> he's got no. An- I can't keep up with all of the releases.
2: It's, it's 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 awesome, but it's like every day. Um, and then the one the one guy, uh, and you know, you don't like to single guys out from a recruiting class. Yeah. But but we have to shout out the Whites. Very excited. Oh, I'm so excited for it. <laughs> to have Nick White on board. Nick White. Um we were we were into that decision. I know you were into that decision with Reg. Um just an awesome family. Reg one of my favorite kids of all time. Yeah. Uh part of a of a really good run uh towards the end of his career, mom with football. And uh and now we get his younger brother for one year, hopefully come in and uh, and sack the quarterback.
0: Yeah. And, and really excited for Nick coming from a D two uh, just was a multiple time all conference guy at that level and just tearing people up and just quality family. And it's really awesome that um, he chose to come to Monmouth. He had, you know, he had a couple other pretty big offers uh, chose to come to Monmouth and it's all about relationships. And I think he's going to do an awesome job when he gets here and, uh, the one thing that stood out to me, and out of the twenty-one people signed, I think there were seven or eight mid-year enrollees, and that's huge. And not all transfers. I mean, yeah, there were like four transfers, and they're all going to be mid-year guys. But um, but some f- true freshmen, like Enzo Arjona, or excuse me, I almost say his name wrong. Enzo Arjona did, or Hona did.
2: There you go. The last one was right. Yeah.
0: Um, like he did come in as you know. Mid year, just get that much more, um, that much more activity under your belt to really kind of learn the, learn the way learn how to be a college football player. Not just learning, you know, lining up and learning the plays and and learning all that stuff. It's it's about getting in a routine and balancing uh, academics and I was athletics. Say
2: right. People don't really think about. I mean, it's different for portal kids, but you come in and you have a chance to start your semester as a football player which is a true mid-year split. Uh, and you can go to school, and you still have spring practice and weightlifting and all that, but you can go to school, get acclimated with college life without being thrown into a, a season. Right. Uh, so that's the the advantage I've always seen for the mid-year guys.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, get on com and check out the uh, check out all of the, the signees and their bios and watch some of their tapes and some extended tape. Uh, and, uh, get excited. And we're going to have more obviously in the spring of uh, coverage of those guys. Uh, and then, uh, as we enter our second, our, our second year of the CA, uh, the schedule will be out in early January, uh, f- you know, first half of January, uh, CA just kind of finalized it. Some, some fun games on there and, uh, some different opponents. So I think people will be excited about that too.
2: I'm excited about it. I am I'm excited about
0: it. I'm excited about tonight's game against Yale. I hope I can get this thing edited and out by the time. But I'm also excited about Christmas.
2: Excited about Christmas. Can't wait.
0: You are traveling once again. You are the traveler.
2: Uh Uh-huh. I'll be going to the city post game tonight. Get the early morning flight down to Nashville. Meet up with some family.
0: Nashville, Tennessee. Nashville, Tennessee. Now, so, like, did you guys get, like, an Airbnb?
2: Yeah, we got a big old house. Big crew. Neutral location equidistant to Michigan and New Jersey, where the is primarily located. I'll we'll have four or five days of just hanging out, doing Christmas, doing Christmas things, watching football, mm. which is a Christmas thing to me.
0: Yeah, lots um, of football. I can
2: incorporate watching football into pretty much any holiday. <laughs> sure. Maybe not the 4th of July. That's probably the only one.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's done by then. <laughs> well, USFL. Yeah. Oh, I also want to shout out our guy Lonnie Moore signing with the yeah. the Alouettes. Yes, um, Awesome. Dude. I don't want him. That, that kind of got... Just bad timing, and I told him that yesterday. I said, Toronto couldn't wait a day. They had to do it yeah, on, signing, on day. signing day. <laughs> I felt really bad about that. But um, along with Dewan Cooper, and and he has let me know that he will be back with his CFL team, uh, and hopefully Reggie White uh, Jr., who is rehabbing an injury, he'll be back. We'll have a couple, couple guys playing in the Canadian League.
2: Looking forward to it. I enjoy the Canadian League.
0: It's fun. It's different. It's Definitely fun. different. The thing I said, and I said it on Twitter, was like, who's covering Lonnie Moore with a 10-yard head start? You can't.
2: You won't be able to. It's going to be awesome to watch.
0: There's nobody in that entire country that's doing that.
2: They can't guard Reg up there. There's no way. They can't guard Reg. They're not going to be able to guard Lonnie. We'll take over Canada.
0: <laughs> we'll take over Canada. I love that. Well, um, it's been real. 2023. This is episode 39, so... We did 39 episodes, you know, obviously it was Eddie and I first, and then um, now Gary and I and, and I aim to, uh, I think I think I would like 40 episodes a year. It's Those other 12 weeks is tough. The summertime's a little tough. You know, you know everybody needs a break. Um, but 40 episodes, maybe 45. Usually, yeah, maybe 45. Uh, other than that, thank you for listening to Hawk Talk. Subscribe. Keep your eyes peeled. We got some great ticket updates coming out for the uh, men's and women's basketball team. And uh, we will talk in 2023.
1: A production of the monmouth digital network hawk talk is available on all major podcast distribution sites including spotify apple Podcasts, audible pandora and
0: more all rights reserved Talk talk is brought to you in part by the Monmouth Medical Center and RWJ Barnabas Health Facility, and a recognized leader in patient safety and clinical quality. For more information about services close to you, visit
1: rwjbh.org/monmouth. Let's be healthy together.